Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Jody Baker, the founder and CEO of Zakia Technologies, a matter management and legal data analytics software company for in-house legal teams. She is also the deputy chair of the Australian Legal Technology Association and co-chair of the advisory board to the Center for Legal Innovation at the College of Law. Hi, Jody. How are you? Hi, Ari. I'm well. How are you? I'm very well. It's a privilege to speak with you. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Zakia. Well, I started my professional career as a lawyer in private practice in a law firm here in Australia. And I went in-house quite quickly, but only did that for a very short period of time before I uh, jumped across to the business side. And I was working in a stockbroking and investment banking house that then got acquired by Goldman Sachs. And I became a financial analyst and left my lawyering behind for a decade. And I came to live in the US in Kansas City for a period of time and started to realize that there was quite a lot of movement in the legal industry, that there were moves afoot like Clearspire, Riverview Law in the UK, there was Axion being born at the time. And I thought that that same trend towards innovation and new business models really should be brought back to Australia. So about five or six years ago now, I came back to Australia after living in Kansas City and started up Australia's first new law law firm. And that really led to quite an involvement in the innovation discussion in Australia. And that was really the start of Zakia because that gave me the opportunity to speak to a lot of general counsel and corporate counsel about what was happening in the market, what was missing from their suite of products, what their big pain points were. That was the start of of building Zakia. It didn't belong inside a law firm. So we spun out the concept into a, a completely fresh entity, but we started the software in 2016 and really focused focused on initially just very small teams looking at software that was available to small teams and accessible at a reasonable price and just covering those key pain points. But it was really a massive step away from law and legal and financial analytics and into the world of legal technology. What was the initial reaction to Zakia and how has that evolved? It's interesting you asked that question. We initially built the software for what we called the two to 20 market. So we thought about these smaller teams who had, from our perspective, three clear pain points. One was just visibility around who is working on what and for whom. The second was around reporting and taking that very manual process of generating monthly reports and putting it into a more automated system. And then the third was actually helping them to navigate the legal technology noise, if you like, how they could actually identify where the efficiency gains might be for their particular legal department. And we thought that by wrapping that up into a package for that two to 20 market, we could really touch on a part of the market that wasn't being addressed by anybody else. And we could help to solve that problem for those smaller teams. Very interestingly, within a week of launching the software, we were demonstrating to teams of 50 and then 100 and then 300. And before we knew it, we were out pitching to teams of more than 1,000. And it was a real eye-opener to me that those core pain points, particularly around visibility and automating the reporting process, are things that all teams grapple with. And so I've been really quite impressed with just how the industry is moving very, very quickly towards some of these more systemized and not necessarily automated, but just systemized ways of organizing information to achieve greater efficiency in a team. 
Is there a difference in the way that small legal departments versus large legal departments use your software? There isn't, there isn't, if that's an answer. The research will tell you that people or humans generally organise themselves into teams of about five to 12. So even a small team of up to 12 may operate in a very similar way to a sub-team within a team of a thousand. So you might find that within that team of maybe a thousand might be at the extreme end, but in a team of two or 300, you'll find that there might be, for example, a contracting team or a litigation team. And then within that litigation team, you'll break that down even further into specific types of litigation. And so those teams within the teams, if you like, generally then come out ultimately to be teams of five to 12. And the way that they organise their information needs to be very similar to that team that's just a standalone team of five or 12 in an organisation. And that is that they need to be able to understand what each other are working on, where the points of duplication might be, how they can share information, that piece of visibility so that they understand where they fit in the context of the broader organisation is the same whether you're in a small team or a large team. That said, in a very large team, obviously, you've got a layer of management that needs visibility in a different way so that they can make big strategic decisions about resource allocation. But in some ways, it's just bigger piles of money, bigger pieces of litigation or bigger piles of resources rather than necessarily changing the ultimate decision. You might have more to play with in terms of resources, but it doesn't really change the types of decisions that you need to make. What does Zakia actually mean? The name Zakia was evolved from a concept that we had right at the very beginning around this question of efficiency gains. We really listened to our market in the early days about what they were struggling with and that piece of do more with less came up all the time. There is this ever-expanding regulatory environment where if we take the European market at the moment, for example, if it's not GDPR one year, it's going to be Brexit the next year. And so that demand for people or for legal departments to always be doing more and more regulatory work, dealing with more and more litigation and expanding business, but not necessarily have a bigger resource pool to draw from, so more people or more funds, means that they have to understand their business well enough that they can do more with less, so they have to find those efficiency gains. There is so much going on in the legal technology space at the moment and the whole innovation around managed legal services and being able to access resources like Elevate and Axiom and all of the other tools and business models that are out there, but it's very noisy for in-house teams who are just juggling the everyday demands. So they don't know where they should be paying attention or where they can find that, that do more with less. So we were very focused on that efficiency loop. We came across the concept of Sakia, which is a water wheel that creates an efficient flow of water. And we really liked the concept of the efficiency loops and continuous improvement. So Sakia with an X is a play on the word Sakia. And by chance, it's also a play on the names of my two children, Zach and Jessica. That's very cool. So over the past few years, what's the biggest shift that you've seen in the way that law departments of various sizes are managed? I think that there is the whole rise of corporate legal operations and the clock organization and ACC focusing more on legal operations, law firms starting to realize that there has been a movement towards legal operations. That discussion, if nothing else, has really broadened an understanding of legal departments being mini law firms. They will always need law firms. I don't think that there's a fundamental shift in terms of law firms going out of business or their business model not being 
being sustainable. But I think that law departments or legal departments in and of themselves have to manage what they do for their clients, their internal clients, in a very similar way to an external law firm. Uh, They have to bring the work in. They have to triage it. They have to understand the risk context within which decisions and advice have to be made and given, and then they have to deliver that advice and make those decisions. That notion of a mini law firm and systemising the work into the most efficient delivery of that legal advice is something that I think is getting more and more prevalent. The discussion is getting more prevalent and therefore it becomes wider in its adoption. I see that going from being very, very large teams with dedicated legal operations people all the way down to very small teams who may not use the language of legal operations. They may not have a dedicated legal operations person, but even in a team of five, you need to be able to receive the work, triage, it, understand the risk context and make a decision and give advice. So that systemization is essentially where our technology comes in. And I think that you can put whatever words around it you like, but that notion of a mini law firm, even at a very small team size, is something that I think is becoming more acceptable. And we're getting more and more tools and discussion around that framework to really help those smaller legal teams operate in that way. So I know that you're based in Melbourne, and I've had the privilege of interviewing a number of Australian legal tech entrepreneurs. What's driving the expansion of Australian legal tech? The Australian market is quite sophisticated. We are, I think, very similar to the US market in that a lot of the conversation that you'll have around things like legal operations or even substantive law conversations always filter back here to Australia quite quickly. Obviously, social media and this thing called the internet certainly help with that flow of information. The tyranny of distance, though, often means that some of the technologies that are available in the US market are not necessarily available here. And we obviously have our own data sovereignty laws and regulations, which mean that um, we don't necessarily have the capacity to access technologies in the US if they're only hosted in the US. So there is some compelling reason for legal technologies to be born here so that the market can access some of the great tools that are available where some of the US software, for example, is not necessarily here in Australia. I think that that's only one reason, though. I think that here in Australia, we also have quite an entrepreneurial spirit and it is a fantastic test market. So a sophisticated buying market with a a relatively small population means that you can try things here, work can get around quite quickly about a particular piece of software, which then means that the word of mouth is obviously the most effective form of marketing. So you can really make quite a big impact in the market quite quickly. You can test new ideas and you can get them to market relatively quickly. It's a a hotbed of ideas right now. We were able to formalise the Australian Legal Technology Association just over a year ago, and that really created a community or an ecosystem system for legal technology. I, like many others, kicked off my business two or three years ago. We started the Australian Legal Technology Association just as an informal group, getting together for drinks and sharing of ideas. And when we formalised it, we realised just how many were in the woodwork that really came out at that point. And a very small population, we have 50 members within 12 months, and that's 50 legal technology startups in Australia. And that's dedicated legal technology startups. So we're not looking at consulting groups or law firms or what have you who do a little bit of legal tech on the side, their dedicated legal technology groups and think that it will only grow. It's certainly something that's been happening very quickly and we're having a lot of fun with it. Where do you see the adoption rate of legal tech within law departments headed? 
that's a really interesting question. My answer to this is actually probably quite boring in some ways. Cloud technology is something that really facilitates mass adoption. Where you've had legal technology with very large implementation costs in the past, it's really only been accessible to very large teams who had the resources and could then amortise that cost right across their department. Because cloud technology allows you to put a single solution on the cloud and then allow people to sign up to it in a per user fashion, it means that very small teams, the smallest team that we have is two users. And we see a lot of groups who want to come onto the system who are four, five, six, up to 10, you know, and we don't even speak to them. They just sign up to the software online because there's no implementation costs. That cloud accessibility and the fractionalizing of the cost makes it very accessible to everybody. And then mass adoption really drives the capacity for all legal departments to start talking in the same way about that mini law firm concept that I talked about earlier, that then funds more iteration. Because if you've got mass adoption and you've got scale, you can then start to look at, okay, well, that's great. Well, we've solved that problem. But there are actually many, many other automation and systemization issues that are potentially going to fit within our software, for example, and we're not the only ones, but to the extent that you can say, okay, this is something that I can access and I'm in a small or medium-sized team without having to pay those big implementation costs. That really changes the conversation right across the industry for everybody, not just for very large teams. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Jody Baker, the founder and CEO of Zakia Technologies, a matter management and legal data analytics software company for in-house legal teams. She's also the deputy chair of the Australian Legal Technology Association and co-chair of the advisory board to the Center for Legal Innovation at the College of Law. Jody, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. Thanks, Ari. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.